Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. A tale of tragic magic or something a little more ecstatic. Let's get cracking to find that lore we've been lacking. It's the Lore Boys here. Oh, I'm Ethan. Damn. Joining me today is... James Miller with... Peter O'Donohue. Uh, a little really, lore what boys else behind were the... <laughs> A little lore boys behind the scenes. We never rehearse or talk about ahead of time who we're going to throw it to. So there's always this, this moment, especially when we're recording remotely, where it's like, I'm joined with... And both the other people are just there like, I don't know if he's talking to me or if he's talking to the other guy. It's authentic. It's like a satellite delay on the news where it's just like, we've heard that 20 people have died in this tragedy. Uh, do you want to say more on that? And then there's just the... Yeah, the scene <laughs> yeah, here tragic. is actually uh, quite gruesome. Um, it's just like, it takes the oomph out of everything. But yeah. Uh, yeah. It keeps um, us on our improv can, like, toes. You never... each other in person, which always kind of helped. Yeah. I mean, eye contact, too. You can't make eye contact here because I can only look at my webcam. We, yeah. What we did do, though, is we all have... It goes Ethan, then myself on top, and then Peter on bottom, and yeah. we followed uh, the webcam conformation. We the do stack. our best. Yeah. We established that the, the best part of an Oreo is the cookie, and frankly, I could do without the um, cream. I'm I don't know. I can't tell if you're being sarcastic or not, but I... Fully endorse that statement. The cookie is the best part of the Oreo. Hondo P, dude. Um, do you remember? Sorry, before we get into this, do you remember? Oh, we're getting uh, into this. The twenty-first of September, but also uh, the yeah. like calorie-wise hundred-calorie bag that was just like Oreo chips. It was just. Oh yeah, absolutely. That, that shit was great. It's bomb. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That was, my, that was my jam. Yeah. Lord Let me ask standing. you about club sandwiches, though. <laughs> okay sorry that's never been aired okay don't, don't you air our dirty laundry like <laughs> no <laughs> nobody can find Hi, everybody fucking club sandwiches welcome to the lore boys uh as you can tell from the title uh we're talking about magic the gathering as you can tell from our conversation we're still in the midst of whatever COVID 19 coronavirus pandemic we're going through sorry. um yeah so sorry eh? um but we didn't we didn't do this we're, we're doing our best to get through it uh, I, I did it a little and we want to thank you guys for tolerating Jamie doing it a little. And we want to yeah. thank you guys uh, for being here with us, joining us on today's episode. Jamie does the uh, most breathing in public because he has a dog. <laughs> so frankly, he's probably the most responsible for this. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the most overweight too. So just. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. So we're talking about, we're talking about Magic the Gathering again. No, Peter, would you say you're more of a Johnny Spike or a Melvin? Ooh, um, I feel like that's a trick question. I'm going to take Melvin. Okay, very good, very good. Jamie, how about you? Well, I got to be the Spike, man. Or are there, is it Johnny Spike or Johnny? Johnny, Melvin? Spike, or Melvin. That's, oh, I get three, three people. There's, oh. there's more options, too. This is a, an IRL thing where people, when they're describing Magic, like people in the Magic the Gathering community, when they're describing archetypical Magic the Gathering players, 
they have like predefined uh, character types, I guess. So, so it's like Johnny, yeah. Spike, and yeah. uh, there's there's a lot of them. I, I think there's one. Vorthos is one. Uh, Melvin is one, and Melvin's like a nerd who follows the rules too much. Uh, Johnny's like a guy. He's, Johnny's the bad boy, you know. Uh, Spike is like chaotic evil, I think, or chaotic neutral. Um, yeah, that, that's just a fun little aside for you guys, really. Okay, I'll, I, I was I wanted to be Johnny Spike because I thought I was one person, but sort of I guess guy I'll for that Spike. matter. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, <laughs> but chose to be Melvin. Maybe that I makes you more, Mel- more Melvin I, than you think. Okay, I said that. I I I thought it was a trick question. I made that very clear. Because I thought Melvin would have been the name that somebody gave to the guy who just happened to end up as like the Giga Chad. Like you can't blame him for having uh, you can't have blame him for having a bad name. Apologies uh, to any Melvins who listen to the show. So I guess we'll because this is this is not a true sequel. Um, this is kind of blending of at least two of the stories that we've talked about on the show before, with possible potential for a third tie-in in the future. Uh, so who remembers anything about any of our previous magic? I remember Jessica thrice touched story the most. Okay. <clears throat> out of all of them about like a boy coming out of the woods, uh, going to like an evil town and fighting in the, the arena, eventually getting corrupted, getting the, whatever the MacGuffin the was. The Marari. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then losing the Marari, something about oceans flooding people. Then Jessica gets, revived by the Mirari, I wanted to say, and it doesn't go as planned, but it, it's yep. kind of rough, but that's, that's great. That's, that's more than you need to know for this episode for sure. Okay. Um, I'd say the one thing is uh, they, they came from a, a continent called Otaria. And okay. the one notable uh, thing about Otaria was that it wasn't heavily impacted by the Phyrexian invasion, which we talked about on the other episode with Urza. Uh, a little bit with Urza, the brothers yeah. war. So we talked about Urza and his younger brother, Mishra, who were born in the same year uh, on the first day and the last day uh, of that year. Oh, um, so they have bordering birthdays. Yeah. Well, Saves yeah, on gifts. bordering birthdays. Because yeah. the year rolls over at a certain point. Yeah. But different birthdays. So one, one older, one younger. Right. Oh. Yeah. Well, I mean, that makes Almost sense. Almost just a day under a year apart. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Got that math all figured out. Let's get to the story now. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, um, calendar. So Urza uh, is uh, Magic the Gathering's Jesus, because as Peter was just mentioning, um, calendars. The Magic the Gathering calendar in Dominaria starts with the year of Urza and Mishra's birth. So year zero, and oh. there is there is a canonical year zero, which there isn't in real life. I'll have you know. There's one BC, and it goes to one. Um huh. Yeah, but that year is uh, the year of uh, year zero in Magic Gathering Dominaria is the year of Urza and Mishra's birth. Okay, I never thought about that. There was never a year zero. They just started, no one would know. That's one one. In fact, they started with one. Yeah, idiots. Uh, <laughs> big, <laughs> big dummies. Well, if if, if it, it was, it's because it started in North America. We start with like one is the first floor. If it was in Europe, it would start with zero because you're counting the first thing, right? You ever been on a, a European elevator? No. I mean, never been to <laughs> when you count to 10, you don't start with zero. You start with one, right? Yeah, exactly. You're not on the but zero if, floor. You're on the first floor. <laughs> exactly. Well, no, my seconds. office went, to, went from RC to one. Oh, European. So, 
RC was technically zero, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I guess no. Wrong I don't know. Chaussée. No, I. Yeah. Anyway, hey, this isn't the about. this isn't the elevator lore uh, <laughs> <laughs> episode of the Lore Boys. So <laughs> I don't know either if I'm being honest. No, that's the Floor yeah. Boys. That's our other podcast that comes oh, out yeah. Thursday. <laughs> oh, yeah, you yeah, will right. love the ups and downs of that podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's just wonderful. <laughs> yep, it's our architectural channel. Uh, yes. Every time you think we hit a plateau, we just keep going. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> uh so uh that's the that's the jessica storyline pete do you remember anything else from the urza and misha storyline uh i do i well i remember they got into um a fight with each other but there was something where it wasn't actually multiple people it was multiple clones of the same guy that all started fighting with each other was that from that Uh, one no i think that was from uh from some of the the other ones, the, it, not super important. Like I said, like this this episode's not going to hinge on those. It's going to okay. weave into those in its own little way, but it's not going to depend on them in any way. So, uh, important notes: Urza and Mishra, uh, they found two stones under the capital city in Dominaria, the the main plane that we've talked about throughout these two story arcs. Not so much the um, Gatewatch story arc, which we talked about a bit with like Jace Bellerin and uh, Liliana Vess and all them. Yeah. Uh, so they found two stones underneath, the Might Stone and the Weak Stone. Uh, and they both went kind of mad. Mishra went much more crazy uh, due to them. Mishra had the Might Stone. Urza had the Weak Stone. And uh, these stones, they're like Thran artifacts. And Thran are like the ancient humans that lived in Dominaria. And they developed like insane technologies and powered machines with uh, magic and mana. Uh, all of which that technology was kind of lost uh, yeah, Jamie's Jamie's doing a cheers for oh magic rocks, ancient robots, ancient robots. I think oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Right <laughs> Here's some ancient robots that we drank to before, but I'll, I'll crack open a beer for it. We have to. I was already thinking about the jokes that we said on the last one, rather than remembering. I was like, oh, uh, the strong force was the might stone, and the weak force we made physics jokes. Yeah. Oh, I'm not even sure the Chad stone and the virgin stone, which probably came up at some point as well. That that too, both, yeah. Honestly, yeah, <laughs> we're very uh, funny. So Urza also would rage war on a plane called Phyrexia for millennia. Is this the zombie robots? Yeah, that's the, yes. exactly. The Phyrexia is the Phyrexian horrors. When we say the invasion set, it's the Phyrexian invasion. Yeah. And it's the invasion of these uh, mechanical zombies that like in- invaded Dominaria. Uh, Yogmoth was the enemy, the, the lord of Phyrexia. He's like a super powerful entity who went there and took control of all these these creatures he's like a super powerful planeswalker the working title uh, of our episode on that is called yog moth and yams if you're looking for it because it's about yeah. sweet potatoes for some reason i don't fucking know <laughs> we might have mentioned a yam at some point, so at or some might, point we might have just not have said a single funny thing that whole episode so i had to just come up with a title uh, yeah <laughs> in post you know <laughs> uh so yog moth uh, would hunt Urza across the plains, never allowing him to rest. The mechanical horrors spreading plague and destruction ev- everywhere they went. Um, when I was reading, they went to like Urza was just running away from Yogmoth for a long time because Yogmoth was like, "You want to destroy my plane? No way, dude. Nobody that means my plane harm is getting away for free." Uh, and so he just like chased him forever. He knew that Urza was the greatest threat to his dominion over Phyrexia and all the, uh, like all of his creations. Um, they went to a plane called Sarah, which is like, uh, like S E R R a kind of like Terra. And it's very like, oh, green yeah. and verdant and like so much life. And Urza got healed there and, uh, Phyrexia took it over completely because Urza led them right to it. There's uh, so many things here for my, uh, zombie robots to fuck up. I'm going to have a yeah. fucking field day. 
Exactly. Uh, so Urza's war with Phyrexia lasted millennia. I think it was about like a little over 4,000 years uh, that from like zero, the year Urza was born and he died in uh, 4,000 something. He was beheaded, uh, correct? We'll get to how he dies, but he certainly was not beheaded. I don't know okay. who you're thinking of, but uh, oh, are you thinking of King Louis the 17th? No, what are your what are your what are your Magic the Gatherings uh, ended up as just like a floating head at some point, didn't he? Uh, yes, yes, it might have been Urza at some point, but he okay. got a mechanical body, so I don't think that was the end of him. Okay, yeah, sounds like he was... a mechanical body is the uh, sequel to being beheaded, regardless <laughs> of whether or not you die. Yeah, we're not. I, all the stories of Dominaria really revolve around Urza, okay. uh, and so I guess if notably stories are revolving around you and you become a sentient floating head at some point in your existence, like people are going to fixate on it. You know what I mean? It's like it's like if you have like a funny birthmark on your face or something. People are just gonna they're gonna obsess about it. It's... Yeah, Harry Potter's got the scar. Urza clearly yeah. was never a floating head. Exactly. Joaquin Phoenix has that little cl- that little cleft lip scar. You know, it's like oh yeah, he yeah, does. People- yeah. And it's like I don't know why I know that about a celebrity, but I do. You pick up on the board has the chin scar. Exactly, yeah. Some people have butt chins, you know. We we try not to make fun here. I watched Pulp, Phil- Pulp Fiction yesterday, and Jesus. Boyd is uh, John. Yeah, Pulp Fiction. He has like uh, one of those butt chins, but he's like a heroin addict, and he's he's got way too much meat in on the, his bones. In the, movie, in the movie, he's a heroin addict, not John Travolta. Well, I don't know that. <laughs> May, it might be. Yeah, <laughs> he was in that movie called The Fanatic. If you've ever seen anything about that. Not. It was uh, directed by. Um, oh shit! Written and directed by Ridley Scott. No, so no, no, no. something much worse. <laughs> Fred Durst. Oh, okay, oh, that dude. is much worse than. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> Ethan, your hat's on way too straight to talk about Fred. Durst. Talk about Fred Durst. Oh go. yeah, boy. <laughs> Okay, there we go. Okay, we're backwards now. Welcome to the Fred Durst. Ep- Welcome to the Limp Biscuit episode of the Lord. I guess for anyone who don't doesn't know who Fred Durst is, which we might have a lot of listeners who don't even know who Limp Biscuit is, and the <laughs> hot dog flavored water. Just quick fanatic lore. There is a scene in which a different actor is driving around with his son, listening to Limp Biscuit on the radio, and. Oh, says, in like, the Fred oh, Durst directed? Yeah, written oh, and directed. Oh. And he's just like, man, you know what? Uh, Limp Biscuit was kind of underrated, but I still like them. Sort no way. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Uh, Look up The Fanatic. It's on Canadian Netflix, so it's got to be on every other Netflix on Earth. Uh, <laughs> all right, well, I guess we got to keep this uh, lordship rolling, 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 rolling. Yeah. What? So one other thing about Urza... Um, notable about him was he creates things. He makes like mechanical inventions. Um, he does ASMR similar to paintings. Yeah, so he won his wife in a contest with her wife's dad uh, by creating a jade golem who could open a really heavy door. Basically, the contest cool. was like who could open this door, and he built like a giant jade golem that could do it. Dude, I wonder if that guy from Honey I Shrunk the Kids if he could have won that competition. Rick He's Marinus? a pretty good scientist. Yeah, Rick. <laughs> He's a really good scientist. He can make things really small or really big. He, he could have just made the door really small. Yep. Easy to open. Yeah, little well, tiny you step over it at that point. <laughs> exactly. You wouldn't need to, I mean, why still open if it? Could, if you could step if you could step open a door, if you could step over a door, excuse me, would you not say that it's open? Shrinking a door, I was going to say philosophical question. Is a shrunken <laughs> door technically open? Yeah, cuz when you watch sci-fi movies, the door the doors just like shrink, right? They like shrink to the sides. They go 
Okay. Mm, yeah, but that means that you can close it again by making it big again. Like if you only have the shrinking machine, it's no longer a door. Now it's just something you step over. Is any is any space that's not a door open? Like an open door? No, a door would be a passageway. Like okay, I see what you mean. Yeah, <laughs> is I guess a shoe I'm on open. the ground just an open door because I can step over it? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> no, I don't think philosophical so. questions. <laughs> yeah. I think it's got to be close to flush. I'm looking at a doorway right now, just to be sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, I know where you are in your apartment. There's no door there. Yeah, there it's is. A ahead. There's a. Remember, we put the big mirror there. And one of our it? first recordings. And yeah, there's no door. Over. There's a doorway. There's no door. Well, yeah, I know, but it, it, it has the frame, and <laughs> yeah, I can picture a, a door. There's no door. Is it? I can is picture... an empty door frame a door. That is another Dude, question now. We hop in, it is. We shouldn't have brought we up politics. Into, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no we hop into worlds and we create worlds around us based off of things we read on a screen. I can picture a door in a doorway. Thank you very much. But other people who hop into worlds, planeswalkers. Boom. Nice. Yes. There we are. <laughs> Jamie so, Lowe's uh, segue. So if you're a guy who's super smart, big nerd, love inventing stuff, uh, and you're your home plane is kind of at risk of being invaded by uh, metallic horrors from another dimension. What do you fixate on? Magnets. Uh, pretty close. Oh. Jamie, you want to take a guess? Um, hot pots to melt them down. Mm, less close. It's okay. time travel, of course. Uh, so How is right. magnets, what does magnets have to do with time travel and what aren't you telling us? There's magnets in a time machine, obviously. Okay. Now, Frank, is that not bound is, to be? There's bound to be, right? Magnets. They do. They do crazy stuff. This is how he knows there was no year zero. He went back. <laughs> he got his magnets <laughs> together. <laughs> I just got all my magnets and all my crystals in my tub. And, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> That's like a throwback to our actual Urza episode, probably because it was like episode sixteen or something like that. Oh, so long ago. God, we're old. <laughs> um. So, if you guys don't remember, the Phyrexians are spawned from. Uh, a group of dominarians who had to live under the city near all this like ancient technology that just oozed radiation and just oh, made them yes. super sick. Right. Yogmoth, and- Yogmoth then said like, hey, come to my plane of existence and everything will be hunky-dory. And everything wasn't hunky-dory. He turned them into Phyrexian horrors. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but that was kind of the shtick. He's like, we got free healthcare in Phyrexia, but the healthcare consisted of like chopping them up and using their meat to make uh, meat golems. But it was Injecting necromancy, bleach. which is technically still better than some places. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> you're not dead. Free. You're undead. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not. I mean, would you, would you want to be stitched together with chunks of your entire family or like forty thousand dollars in debt? <laughs> yeah, right. Tough call. I mean, I've tried one of those two. I won't tell you which one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wasn't great. Yeah. So, uh, Urza and his ally Baron uh, at the Tolarian Academy in Dominaria went to great lengths to create a time machine in order to prevent the Thran from ever becoming Phyrexians. So, he wanted, he's like, if we could just go back and stop people from living down there, Yogmoth will never have the people that he can convince and. Everything will be fine. You know, we won't have any of this oh. uh, metallic horrors pouring in from another dimension. Problem. That's interesting. Um, so Go it was back in the... and fix the like human rights violations before they occur. So then, yeah. you, so then you don't have a disenfranchised voter base for an interdimensional conservative to come through yeah. and turn people into meat yeah. robots. <laughs> exactly. <yeah. laughs> okay. Good. Your country needs you to be a meat robot. 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, the caves underneath the the town, and this is just like a fun little tidbit, were called the Caves of Koilos. It's a fun little tidbit because it's a land in Magic the Gathering for people who play the Magic the Gathering card game. Uh, people who listen to the last episode will remember me saying the word it's Caves, caves of Koilos. What's uh, the acronym for that? Just like out loud? Cock. Oh, yeah. Cool. Nice. I almost said caught because I was thinking uh, Caverns of Time from World of Warcraft for some reason. Oh. That's uh, the way that Blizzard ties in all the old content into the new content. Exactly. Oh, there's uh, a cave you can go in to go into the past. Exactly. So now you can play all the old content and it's new content now. <laughs> Friggin' yeah. Uh, I don't want to get into Blizzard right now. We talk I about see. them too much. We do. Uh, Diablo 2, though. Great game. Somebody wants to play with me? Message me on Discord. I'm I'm running hardcore right now. Since our last Diablo, <laughs> our last episode, I've raised and killed two Diablo characters. Hardcore characters. Yeah. Oh my! I'm on my third. Ethan's still on his first, but I'm like only seven horse breeder. Time. Jesus. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So um, Urza and he has a friend named Baron. B A R I N. They want to make time travel happen. They go to this place called the Tolarian Academy in Dominaria, which was uh, an academy Urza put together to bring together all the best and brightest of Dominaria. To, yeah, straight up to like fight. Uh, it's like a wizard school. It's Hogwarts. It's uh, anime ma- like magic girl school. Okay, uh, good. It is whatever you want it to be. But Urza brought them all together to fight the Phyrexian threat. So he was like, we know this is going to come at some point in the future. We know it's potentially a threat. So we're going to just train up all their best and, best and brightest minds to be good planeswalkers. Good. Not necessarily planeswalkers, but magickers, uh, people who can fight off the Phyrexians. So okay. they're, try- they're trying to make a time travel machine. But unfortunately, every chicken they send through their time, time travel machine would have its flesh melted and become horribly disfigured and die. So they, they can't get it to work. They're using chickens uh, as their uh, as, as their, like, Soviet apes, basically, that they launch through time. That's fully a lore boys canon, but yes, they're using okay. they're using chickens to send through. Uh, oh, they what even, are they again? The COC, the, the COK, the COK, which is the cock, which cock, is the male chickens, chickens yeah, that exactly. are sending through. Yeah. yeah. Okay. They put their cock into a time machine. Uh, <laughs> um, so uh, they even would try sending metal chickens through, uh, like brass chickens and iron chickens. <laughs> They'd all break down, rusting to what? dust as they travel the time. This is where the, the Lower Boys canon kind of falls because uh, they weren't actually sending chickens through, but uh, Lower Boys canon, they were sending chickens through. Uh, whatever they were sending through, uh, anything would break down uh, once they put it into the time stream. Okay, okay. So Iron Brass doesn't work, but they want to try, keep trying things. Uh, eventually, they do find one metal which would not rust, pure silver. Uh, well, naturally, so they, that's the that's the ultimate anti-magic metal. Yeah, exactly. I didn't just like start with that. It kills werewolves because they want to kill some brass chickens. What's your problem, Pete? Huh? That's very <laughs> fine. Are you on the t- you on team brass chicken over here, huh? I'm just saying. Are they just ta- are they just taking those wind things off the people's roofs that have north weather vanes? Yeah, they're just they're going through <laughs> going through town. What you call it? <laughs> wind things wind i don't know what they are I'm like in the dead of night just like urza urza and baron like with like this like cart full of weather vanes just like pushing through the streets of dominaria like, <laughs> <laughs> like spilling out of the sides yeah uh, silver one a copper one uh. <laughs> so they realize that uh pure silver uh can survive time travel uh uniquely i suppose uh so they grab a heartstone from a dead phyrexian spy uh, which I 
didn't get into, but it's a woman named Zancha was like an advisor to uh, Urza, and she turned out to be a spy. Um, she ends up dying. Uh, they grab her Hearthstone because she was Phyrexian, so she was powered by one of these mana stones that powers uh, constructs. It's like their reactor, basically? Yeah, exactly. It's just okay. a magic stone. The Might Stone and the Weak Stone were just like like very efficient reactors that they they found in the ground, basically. Okay. Uh, the Might Stone and the Weak Stone, I've said it before, are cards in game. They just let you tap for colorless mana. Zancha is a character in the game. She's like Zancha, double agent, I think. Okay. You, you play her. When you play her from your hand, you give her to another player. So it, you play it onto the battlefield and it instantly goes to somebody else's battlefield. And she has the rules text that says um, she can attack her owner. So the person who owns the card. So she can attack you or any planeswalkers you control. And anybody can activate her ability, which deals damage to the person who controls her and lets the person who activated it draw a card. What activates the ability? Is it just using... It's mana. So it's three mana, three mana of any color, and you can activate her ability. So what you do is you, you put her down on your battlefield. She instantly goes to someone else's battlefield. And then she's there. She can't attack you. So um, the reason why she's like unique and I guess better is because there's a lot of spells which will be like destroy all your... Destroy your enemies... Destroy an enemy's creature or destroy all your enemy's creatures or something like that. Uh... And like it won't work on her because it's not their enemy's creature. It's like they control her, but it's kind of cool. cool. She's a double agent, so she's like, uh, it's especially cool in like multiplayer games because you can play multiplayer games of uh, Paper Magic and pass her around. (laughs) Yeah, just everyone has their own health pool, and anybody can activate that ability. So you just give her to one player, and anybody can just like hit that player and draw a card. You don't really do it to hit the player, but you just do it to draw the card because card draw is really really good in card games. Go figure. I was picturing in like Hearthstone how I'd use that. It's like if someone had a Sylvanas on the field and I already had a five five out, you put her down and then kill both of your targets. So then now she has the yeah. Like it's all about passing her to to the person in front of you, I guess. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Oh, well, it's like when we talked about Jessica, we talked about Phage, who yeah. uh, yes can like kill a person kill as soon as she does damage, or if it enters your battlefield from any method. So if like if you could get Phage's text added to Zancha's, you like you could just instantly make a player lose the game because you just play it onto somebody else's battlefield essentially right magic is deep man it's cool but i do not have the money to get into it i feel like <laughs> nobody really has nobody really has the money to get into it uh, yeah. they all, they're all lying to themselves uh, <laughs> so, yeah i i could get rid of my other things i'm lying about myself to bring in yeah, magic. exactly yeah. <laughs> couldn't we all uh, so uh, they grab the Hearthstone out of this woman Zancha, or this uh, automaton Zancha, uh, who had been spying on Urza for some time, and a large person's worth of pure silver. They create their their construct, an they automaton make their silver chicken to send to the future, and then yeah, back to the past. Their giant silver chicken, yeah. Yeah. Uh, they create an automaton capable of traveling time and saving Dominaria. Right? Just send it back in time, solve all the problems. Episode over. Easy, easy peasy, right? Yeah. Or is this one of them time travels where um, it's solving the problem prevents them from trying to solve the problem sort of loop shit where it's just like, well, if there weren't any zombie robots, if there weren't any Phyrexians, we never would have invented time machine, meaning we cancel out our time machine. It's not it's not that kind of time travel, but it'll it'll come with its own for sure. So uh, before getting sent back, they needed to make sure that uh, their construct was up to snuff. Uh, now that he could walk and talk, Urza and Baron thought it important to teach him some of the ways of the world. Uh, things like algebra, English lit, 
uh, home economics, you know. All oh, the yeah, staples, all the useful classes. Exactly. Uh, the staples of a, of a well-rounded uh, individual. Drama, dance, woodworking. <laughs> so our, our probe was headed to high school. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, com- conveniently, we've established that the Tolarian Academy was a high school for wizards. Filled with anime uh, girls. Exactly. So, <laughs> uh, and at least one anime boy. Uh, oh, yeah, so, it's a robot. But don't worry, all the no. anime girls are like 700 years old because uh, of lore. So, oh, yeah, <laughs> don't look at them. Like- for lore, for lore, that's the lore if you've actually read the lore. <laughs> 700 years old, okay? It's not weird. Uh, so, Urza entrusted the probe's tutelage to a young student known as Teferi. Okay. We've talked about we've talked about Teferi before, especially when we were talking about closing the rifts in Dominaria that came up after uh, a certain couple time catastrophes. I remember uh, the name actually. It's 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 like way back in the in the dead little vestiges of my brain. But I, like <laughs> when you said that, it was just like, it was like two neurons fired off when you said yeah. it. I was like, oh, okay, cool. Those are still there. Yes. <laughs> yeah. They did the, uh, the little smallest handshake. Yeah, those, those two little neurons. Like, I got you. Uh, <laughs> two, the two people left in, a, in like a life raft, just like adrift at sea, just like wakes up briefly when a seagull pecks him in the head. One one neuron named Tef and one neuron named Airy. Airy. Uh, yeah. So uh, Teferi uh, had intense magical potential. Uh, he'd been brought to the academy to train to defend against the Phyrexian invasion. Okay. Uh, he somewhat reluctantly took the construct under his wing. After all, he had come here to whip metallic cores, not babysit. He gave the probe a name after getting understandably tired of just calling him construct, probe, whatever, metal yeah. guy. Sputnik. Uh, so he's, he's, he's the, the first person to name this construct, and he names him Artie McShovelhead. Uh, <laughs> oh, so, sorry, sorry, sorry. I, I, no. added the, I added the Mick. It's Artie Shovelhead. Yeah. No oh way. So that's this this episode, guys. We're talking about Artie Shovelhead. <laughs> I love I, I love the conversation where Urza would just like, okay, cool, you need to babysit this from what we've established, giant silver chicken. <laughs> Don't give it a name. Don't get attached to it because we need to send it into the past and it might <laughs> dissolve. <laughs> and he calls him Artie Shovelhead and he kind of okay. re- resents the fact that he has to uh babysit him. It sounds like whenever you let your kid name a pet or something like that. Yeah, like, it, yeah. I mean, it very much was that, and and Urza was very much the absent father that was just like, sure, you name him, I don't care. He's like, <laughs> okay. just goes back to work, you know. Like, uh, I'm gonna be in the den drinking drinking whiskey. Don't bother me. I got you a dog. Leave me alone. Go play. Just with Just clean the dog. up after it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, there was, of course, a girl in this story following a trio of friends going to wizard school. Ooh, uh, Joyra was her name. Okay. Uh, she was slightly older than Teferi, and Ooh. she took an honest liking to Artie right off the bat, giving him the slightly better name Karn, an old Thran word uh, meaning mighty. Oh, I've so, heard this before. Yeah, so Karn is somebody that we have talked about uh, yeah. on episodes before. Karn is the name of the card. Uh, only Teferi uh, called him Artie Shovelhead. He is uh, in. He features at some point in the uh, Mirari episodes with Jessica, doesn't he? He features in the Mirari episodes. He also features yeah. in the Gatewatch periodically, but not in any sense that we've talked about. Because since we did those episodes, uh, the set War of the Spark was released, and that that featured Karn very heavily helping the Gatewatch. Okay. He ends up retreating through the Blind Eternities for a long time, uh, but we're not going to get into that today. We're going to start. We're going to stop like just before uh, War of the Spark because this ran kind of long and. It, 
just getting into like the extra little bit where they're clearly still building off of didn't feel worth it to me. Okay, yeah. I mean, we're doing his we're doing high school and we're going to stop at the yearbook and follow off after <laughs> that. Hey, right. uh, we're going to do like the 5-year reunion, just not the 10-year reunion. Oh, okay, good. Yeah, the shitty reunion where literally nothing has changed. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> what have you been uh, up to? Oh, I have a part-time job. I'm still a giant silver chicken. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so the three would eventually become fast friends, uh, Teferi, Joyra, and Karn. Um, and sorry, I lost my place. And they all settled into a peaceful, idyllic lifestyle, easily ignoring the looming threat of war and any potential time travel missions. Uh, well, that's no that's good. Lovely. <laughs> I told you uh, not to name them. I fucking told you. And now my time traveling war robot's a farmer. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> well... Uh, of course, Zansha, whose Hearthstone even now powered Karn, wasn't the only sleeper agent working for Yawgmoth on behalf of the Phyrexians. Oh, yeah. Well, it would make sense to have more than one spy. Yeah. Who else is? So while the kids did play, a Phyrexian was Steve Buscemiing through the Tolarian Academy themselves. Like, oh, how do you do, how do, how do, you do, you do you... fellow kids? Yeah. It's like a, a horrible, <laughs> monstrous automaton. Like... Oh, boom. Man, there's your art right there. <laughs> yeah. It's but it's it's on the uh on the shirt instead of music band it's gonna say just like planes walker yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> Ma- magic man yeah uh, so so one faithful day Joyra uh, unfortunately uh the woman uh spills the beans you know women they just can't keep secrets huh what do you mean unfortunately the woman like well, it's unfortunate that she is a woman no because we've talked about this on on past episodes where how the old writing of at least to me anyway the old writing of magic the gathering and this is like a book series uh really resonates with misogyny like oh of course it was the woman that spilled the beans you know it yeah, was and, uh, uh during the jessica was... episodes the women fuck yeah. up constantly and then uh what's his name the barbarian guy that's in that uh, he just like yeah, Kamal is just like depressed and like fedoras yeah. his way through life basically. Well, he like there's one point where it's like three of the most powerful women on the planet when oh, Jessica is all sage at this point. Yeah. Uh, there's like a, a demi goddess and another super powerful woman, the like an angel lady. of devastation, and and Kamal just shows up. And he's like, oh no, I killed all three women, and then they become Corona, the false goddess. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, so that's why I say unfortunately because it's like oh the the woman had to be the one to spill the beans. Women just can't keep a secret, eh? Thank God we had that episode six months ago and not a month ago because the Corona jokes. Corona, were just, yeah. <laughs> longer than that. That was during. The, I wasn't on some of those episodes. It was uh, in Mexico. Of, it was when I was in Mexico. It was, it was, la- it was last uh, summer. It wasn't that long ago, Peter. It was last summer. Six, time, seven, eight. Time months flies ago. when you're home alone all the time. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so Dryer would spill the beans to this young uh, spy named Carrick. Uh, that the plan was to send Karn back in time to stop the Phyrexians before it even happened, so they could probably all relax and stop studying so hard, right? Like, were they just why like Joshin, you... or do they have like a romantic thing where he's just like, "Ah, uh, yes, uh, tell me your secrets," and like leans sideways, <laughs> and part of his face slides off, and then he readjusts. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. he's obviously like a meat robot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He goes <laughs> to readjust, like... and his hand falls off, and he puts his hand back on really quickly. <laughs> yeah, it's like Weekend at Bernie's, but it's the parts of his body that he's constantly yeah. trying to readjust. <laughs> Uh, let's say both. Let's say they fucked and also that. Okay, cool. <laughs> so His penis up- discreetly fell off at some point. Yeah, exactly. And, oh, oh that is a, a thing from my homeland. And <laughs> it, it is a, a cutting ritual that we do back home. Uh, do you not do this here? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I do love the idea that Phyrexians are just French people. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. no, keep those hor- horrible monsters out of, out of our plane. Thank you very much. Smelly, uh, drink wine. 
Det är smoke cigarettes out of long straws. Yeah. Hey, you do fellow kids. So this up-and-coming Carrick immediately took the news back to Yogmoth, who knew one thing. If you're facing a time-traveling enemy, there's no time to waste. Uh, Phyrexia. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. That, that joke was written down. You, Sorry, both those neurons that you uh, heated up earlier are, are back in business, baby. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Ethan said it and looked at us and his eyebrows raised over his hairline. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I broke my forehead. <laughs> Tossed off his Fred Durst cap and everything. Yeah. <laughs> My eyebrows lifted my cap up a whole two inches. Like, <laughs> uh. So uh, Phyrexia would act. They'd attack Dominaria. They amassed forces, a full invasion, a Phyrexian invasion, but not the Phyrexian invasion that we know and love. Okay. Do we love it? Yeah, well, it depends who you're talking to, I guess. But, uh, Jamie, we said we're not going to get political on this episode. Yep. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Some people like drone striking civilians. What can I say? Like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> We're not getting political, okay? Whether they're uh, so outside the... or in hospitals, I don't fucking care. Yeah. It's, not my, it's none of my business. It wasn't their business being there in their own country. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so Phyrexia invades Do- Dominaria for the first time, for the not real time, and we'll find out why it's not the real Phyrexian invasion. They amass their forces and attack in a single thrust the Talarian Academy. They know this is where Urza is kind of like, is where Karn is, the focus of the time travel plan. Uh, so hordes of horrific metal beasts pour through, pour through open wrists, open by Ogmoth, and into the plane. Despite housing the sharpest wizarding minds Dominaria had to offer, the Academy was not prepared for the attack, uh, and the hordes quickly overwhelmed them. Teferi and Joyra, Karn's only friends, would fall in the defense, and the Academy itself would be destroyed. Reduced to oh, rubble. Dang. So we so we have a robot designed for a singular purpose. Only friends have been killed. Okay. Okay. And one of those friends was really a bully who called him Artie Shovelhead for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, Joyra, Joyra would fall to Carrick himself, showing back up to rub the betrayal in her face. Not only did she spill the beans, she died to the guy she spilled the beans to despite being a pretty competent wizard herself. Sounds messy. Beans and blood everywhere. Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bloody beans. Uh, We've established uh, this already. Competent wizard, but woman. Fatal flaw. Boom. <laughs> Karn, feeling desperate. His only friends have died. He's only been alive for a couple years now. Uh, also realizing that they were fighting a losing battle, retreated to Urza. There was no more time for calculations. If Urza was going to send him back in time... It had to be now. Okay. Urza and Baron agreed. Which in its own way is kind of punny. Well, I had the pun set up, Peter. I was about to say it. Sorry. Uh, Urza and Baron agreed. There was no better time for time travel. Yeah. Okay. Uh, No, I was going to say, it's just like, (laughs) you got to send me back. Well, no time like the present. The present. Oh, my God. (laughs) Also very good. Uh uh, so they activate the, ta- the the time machine that they had, strapping our hero Artie Shovelface in and sending him spiraling back to only a few days before all this happened, before the secret was out. So the plan was send him back, tell Joyra, hey, you remember that super super, super top secret plan that we were working on? Maybe don't go fucking spill the beans to your boyfriend. Hmm? <laughs> it's going to be messy when he comes back to kill you and there's beans of blood everywhere. 
You're going to feel real stupid about it, okay? Covered in beans at your funeral. God damn yeah. it. You, you've seen egg on your face. Now imagine beans on your face, okay? Oh, yeah. I, I, I would love just to continue on with like the... Just like the joke of of uh, men versus women in the Magic: The Gathering writing of it's just like, okay, you gotta go this mouthy bitch. You gotta go. Yeah. Back, you either gotta convince her to keep her mouth shut, or you gotta kill her. I understand yeah. she's, she's your best friend, but you gotta do it. Yeah, it's gotta be one of the two. We know she's not gonna be able to keep a secret. She's a woman. Come on, yeah, it's impossible. Just gotta kill her. Yeah. Uh, so the time machine. I love how Upon he's arrival. going back in time now to stop something from a, a, a zombie robot agent. It's just like, okay, you're going to see him. Honestly, hindsight 2020 seems obvious that the guy with the rotting skin and the metal skeleton was the double agent. Like, <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> Just like this horrible apparition, like literally a scarecrow, scarecrow with a human's face like sewed onto it. <laughs> yeah, like stretched <laughs> over. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so the, the time machine upon arrival showed that messing with the fundamental laws of the universe is no trivial affair. With a great shudder and heave, the time machine arrived, but quickly deteriorated. Uh, It suffered catastrophic failure, creating what was known as the Temporal Disaster, destroying the Telerian Academy, and killing hundreds of students and teachers. Oops. (laughs) Yeah, right? So like, oh, I I gotta save the Academy. You gotta send me back in time, boss. Like, you know what? You know what, kid? You're ready. You're going back. And just like, Upon arrival, just like detonates like a neutron bomb and just destroys the entire academy. We got to kill everybody four days earlier to make sure it's not the robots that do it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, if anyone's going to kill my, my people, it's going to be me, damn it. That's Urza, yeah. before, Urza right before sending Karn back in time. <laughs> but the, yeah, but the explosion made it so he couldn't go back in time and do the explosion. So we know that it's like, it's timelines, right? Not. Yeah, not, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's not. Um, it's no not what. that thick. There's no paradoxes in time travel in okay. Magic the Gathering. Right. It I just mean, Joyra kept her mouth shut because she was atomized. So, yeah. presumably, success. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like how you say atomized too, because there's like Adam and Eve, and then atomized is like the first yeah. male <laughs> is the thing that destroyed her. But like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's kind of a double joke there. I thought. Yeah, that's totally what I was going for. That's yeah. a stretch, Jamie. You're thanks, trying to hit the for, word count. Thanks for explaining right my joke, James. <laughs> <laughs> atomized destroyed by men and also turned into atoms yeah yeah <laughs> get it on my on my four thousand word paper yeah uh, <laughs> get it question mark circle question mark yeah. <laughs> the circle question mark counts as a word right professor uh, <laughs> uh so teferi and joyra karn's only friends were within the academy at the time yep so not only did he not save them he actually changed the timeline, so he killed them. <laughs> they, they were lost to Karn once more. Depressed, Karn left Teleria and puttered around with Urza and Baron for a time, venturing about on their ship the Weatherlight to deal with incoming threats to Dominaria. So he's like, like Teleria, the Telerian Academy is ruined, but Phyrexia didn't invade. So that's why I say this is, this wasn't the Phyrexian invasion because he did change the timeline. Nobody gave them the information, Yogmoth, the information that he had to invade now, or the, otherwise, like once once you have time travel, it's like there there was like a really old uh, meme or internet image that floated around for a, a long time. It was a guy with a sign that said, "What do we want? Time travel. When do we want it? It's irrelevant." Uh, right. Okay. Because once you've unlocked <laughs> the secrets of time travel, it's irrelevant. So if Yogmoth knew, he would act instantly. Right. There's yeah. no better time than the present, as Peter said. <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> You're welcome. 
So uh, Karn is back with Urza, with Baron, and they're just like doing the day-to-day subduing of the Phyrexians, you know, rooting out spies, stopping minor incursions, fighting off double agents. They don't trust anyone, living their lives. Uh, They weren't willing to risk sending Karn on time-traveling ventures after seeing the devastation at the Academy. They said, well, that really did a number on Dominaria. They didn't consider just doing it outside once just to see? Well, because it it created something called the Temporal Disaster, which spawned a bunch of rifts all over Uh, Dominaria, which is something that I think we've talked... We've at least least mentioned it on other episodes. I don't know if I've ever properly gotten into all the rifts that get spawned, but like it could take... Jessica was known because she managed she gives up her spark at the end of it all to close a rift uh so these temporal rifts these magic rifts are like serious business and he ended up spawning a bunch and that's what destroyed Teleria. okay yeah. so like, uh, that's kind of fucked up that, that that stuff happens you know the way we left that was that only a planeswalker's spark could close one of these rifts what but- once they're big enough yeah so like in theory if they're small enough you can kind of deal with them but once they grow out of control it, it, it gets untenable um, okay. Also, there was a ton of planeswalkers who, or potential planeswalkers who died at Teleria when the academy got destroyed. So maybe okay. their sparks just <clears throat> inherently closed those rifts and, yeah. you know, like sparked off or whatever. But so like, every time, still- like, every time a neckbeard gets like a wife <laughs> and like a real job, doesn't have time for magic anymore, and they they sell all their cards and they 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 retire. A rift closes, right? Exactly, yeah. Okay. okay. Every, every time a bell rings, a neckbeard gets his wings. You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so 20 years would pass from the devastation. I said five-year reunion. I actually probably meant 20-year reunion. Because 20 years would pass with them traveling the plane, shuff- shutting rifts, and writing the damage the da- disaster caused. But they did eventually accept that the Telerian Academy itself may have been a good idea. Uh, having a place for like all the best and brightest minds come and to train them up because they still knew that Phyrexia was a threat. Uh, Karn had seen it himself. Like Karn saw the invasion. He's the one who traveled in time, right? Yeah. So uh, if sending Karn time traveling strapped to a nuke wasn't itself a good idea, that was. So they decide Maybe to do it. Dynamite next time. Yeah. A little, <laughs> more, a little bit more modest. Yeah, that's it. We'll work our way up back to the neutrons, neutron bomb. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So they returned to the site. They decided to build it on the site uh, of the old Talarian Academy, uh, and they set to work clearing rubble. Much to all of their surprise and Karn's delight, they find Joyra trapped in the rubble. She had survived 20 years trapped underneath it. Oh. So early on after the disaster, Joyra had managed to clear herself some space where she was trapped. So she's basically, she was like in the basement at the time, you know, fighting the basement Phyrexians. Uh <laughs> And the worst. Uh, it colla- <laughs> the whole thing collapses on top of her, but she's in like a room and she has like some space uh, and she finds a pool of water collecting in one corner. What, you, Jamie, what, what is the, the first thing you did the last time you were trapped under uh, a, a huge buildings worth of rubble? Establish a pee corner and you just start peeing right away because okay. you got to have a corner. Yeah. Okay. Not what I was thinking. Peter, how about you? Uh, I had a I had a different answer. I was going to check if the water was potable, but honestly, the establishing just a waste corner in general is a really good fucking idea. Okay, well you're both <laughs> you're both wrong because it's not determined a waste corner and it's pronounced potable. Uh, but <laughs> no, Joyra, if you can drink it, then you put it in a pot, so it's pot. <laughs> potable. <laughs> uh, so the first thing Jira did was was see if the water was potable, and the way she did that was uh, I was half by, right. That's a half point. But by, by drinking it. 
if it's not potable, she's got to find that waste corner quick. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah. So that's it's why I get out. that first. Yeah. yeah all right. P corners turn into the puke corner. We can establish I, a P corner later. All right. You know what? I'm I'm on board. I think she should have probably done her P corner first, but yeah, maybe she sure. did and it just didn't mention it. Kind of like how you never see characters in movies go to the bathroom. It's just like, right. it's assumed they do, but we don't need to see it. So that's true. Yeah. I watched she, Pulp Fiction. It's assumed she found the, the P corner, but we don't need to mention it because it's obvious. Right, 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 right. <laughs> uh, so she she finds this uh, pool of water in the corner and she decides to drink it turns out was it magic sludge wa- it was magic sludge basically yeah. the water had been affected by the temporal rifts uh, which had destroyed the academy the water had become changed and drinking it would change Joyra drinking the water slowed, slowed Joyra's aging progress, progress progress to a near standstill I'm sorry I, I really struggled with that sentence it's progress so okay. You're right. it's magic cult it's magic coma water. Yeah, yeah, exactly. A coma doesn't really make your age stand still, but it puts you out for twenty years. Yeah. I really like the fact that we're <laughs> still carrying on uh, the uh, kind of weirder aspects of Magic: The Gathering, where it's like, yeah, sure, she was going to spill the beans, but thankfully, after a man fucked everything up, she stayed young and hot. Thanks to magic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, you're not wrong. I mean, if she, if they found her and she was over thirty, they probably would have just fucking left her there. Yeah, yeah, put the rock back on to where they just undug <laughs> yes. her. Yeah. We'll let this play out. <laughs> so, so, ba- so basically, she becomes immune to aging. She's going to be young and hot forever, Pete. Fuck okay? yeah, dude. Uh, <laughs> um, with the two reunited, Joyra had another surprise for Karn. Teferi had remained alive as well, though he was trapped in an actual temporal bubble all this time. So he's in like a, the last thing he saw was the, the Telerian Academy crumbling above him. And he like put himself in a bubble, and he's still there, like, like constantly scared, you know. Well, he's still young like and hot too, though, right? He's yeah, he's still young and hot because he actually hasn't aged at all. Uh, Joyra has just aged at like a fraction of the speed. Okay, but she's been alive and conscious throughout the whole thing. Uh, yeah, Teferi is like the real, there. yeah. Teferi is like the real weekend at Bernie's at this point, where they can kind of like dress him up in weird shirts and he's just like stuck there like Ugh. oh okay yeah <laughs> she's been using him as like a drying rack for laundry for, yeah. for, for like the past 30 years yeah. uh so the two work together they managed to free him from the bubble i don't know how you pop a temporal bubble but they managed yeah to do it. does he age all at once Silver. in that instance if you like let the air come in or no he doesn't he doesn't because he specifically is like devastated that he lost friends in that time and he he, he he go to very it's it's noted that he goes into like a depression because he's like I lost twenty years, like where I was and like everybody I knew is twenty years older now and I'm still here the same yeah. thing kind of thing, and we didn't fucking hear Jorah complaining, did we? <laughs> well, <laughs> he no. was he was conscious and trapped under a fucking mountain of rubble the whole time, like and fucking fairy like oh boo hoo I had to like blink and then i'm like back here but like mm, everyone's older mm, that sucks i wanted to waste this past 20 years on my own terms yeah exactly joyra lost the same 20 years to fairy fucking whatever suck it up all my friends went to college and i stayed here and worked at wherever and now they have different experiences than i do <laughs> yeah. exactly yeah. Uh, you know what jamie a little too relatable okay <laughs> <laughs> someone who dropped out of is someone who dropped out of university after his first year okay a little little on the nose there <laughs> <laughs> so so urza at this time uh they're like they're the kids are like like yeah yeah we found each other we're friends again woohoo it's only been 20 years no problem and karn's like i don't fucking age i don't care uh but urza, urza's like okay the kids are are doing their thing that's nice 
he kind of puts his silver golem time traveling project back on the back burner. Uh, oh, well, that's he, probably for the best. He'd seen the devastation that it can rot, and he's like, mm, well, that's probably not worth it. But he's also like very much the absentee father, like we'd said before, who's like buys his kid a puppy and is like, I'm going to the den to drink whiskey, play with a puppy. Uh, so he's like, yeah, I'm going to go work on other stuff. You're whatever. Do, do whatever you want. And Karn is like, at best at this point, 21 years old, maybe 22. Mm. Uh, so Karn at least still wanted to do his part. He continues on expeditions to help Phyrexia. Uh, Urza developed a skyship at this point called the Weatherlight, which uh, is like a, a flying like Zeppelin-esque kind of thing uh, that he can use to battle Phyrexian incursions rather quickly. Uh, so Karn's kind of on that, and he's like not the captain, but he's like part of the part of the crew. You know, he's like, yeah, wherever wherever Phyrexia shows up, we show up too. Uh, the three of them they also worked on something called the Mana Rig. It's a massive platform designed to generate power stones and Thran metal, a type of durable ultralight metal. So okay, just cool. like a, it's like the like an oil rig, but it it produces like magic rocks. Uh, we already said magic rocks, right? Yeah, we said the same kind of magic rocks. So you don't have to drink again at home if you don't want to. But we recommend can. it. But you don't. You have can to. if you do want to. Uh, <laughs> and the stuff called Thran metal, which is just like uh, I don't know, Damascus steel. You know, like it's an ancient technology that's been lost. It's the coolest metal that yeah. we forgot how to make or some shit. Well, we don't have proof of how it was made, so we're like, okay. it's probably folded steel, but there's no way to prove that it's folded steel, so maybe <laughs> it's like something much cooler than folded steel, but probably just folded steel, because <laughs> it kind of lines up with historical expectations for the time. Uh, eventually, though, uh, they're all working on the, the mana rig, and Urza would call Karn back. Joyra, Joyra would remain in her homeland with the fairy to run run the mana rig, so... Uh, Karn's lost his friends again. He's like, he's got to go explore with dad. And, uh, you know, his friends are off fiddling around on the mana rig. They all got to trade basically and have like full-time jobs. Now they can't hang out. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so Karn begins to feel depressed. Uh, no friends, no purpose. He's like the, the Rick and Morty robot that just delivers butter. Oh he's, yeah. Except his purpose is time travel and he's not allowed to do that anymore. So <laughs> I like how, uh, he created this, uh, Nigh indestructible time traveling robot, but it still ended up with depression. <laughs> it just goes to show you it comes, it comes for anyone. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> doesn't doesn't matter if you, it doesn't matter if you're a time traveling in nigh indestructible robot or just like you know uh, Jeffrey, just a regular guy. <laughs> Maybe creators or make gal. things and they're like, oh yeah. Maybe there's a little depression there, you know, and he's passing it on. I mean, maybe from what I read, Urza is like all ego and like he's the good guy for sure but like super ego at the same time <laughs> like right. super, super like and and because we're about to get into the perfect example of why that is okay Karn's starting to feel depressed he's sulking he has no purpose so between ventures on the weather weather light when they're like fighting for axions he doesn't like notice it so much like real depression right yeah uh, no passion left in him yeah so Baron, when you're fighting zombies and depressed, you don't notice you're so depressed no, so much. Exactly, yeah. So, you're like, busy. Like you're keeping busy, you know? Yeah, right, 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 right. It's like, uh, ah, like sinew and blood. Like, yeah, yeah, you just don't notice it so much. Hose <laughs> off after, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, for sure. Uh, there, there's, a, there's a great thing that happens to him much later on, which I, I don't get into, but he okay. gets put in this, like, drum with, like, and I, I didn't get into it. I didn't look it up, but it was, like, because it was at the end of my script. But I really wanted to. 
he gets put into a drum, a rotating drum full of infinitely spawning goblins, and he just crushes the goblins. That's like his purpose. <laughs> he makes like goblin pulp and he has to be rescued from it because he's like stuck in this drum where he's just spinning and crushing goblins i don't that sounds like something that someone would make in a custom minecraft server so they can get the <laughs> goblin parts right for their, yeah. uh, for their fucking house or whatever I, you know i put fuck up to my minecraft tutorial this is how you can make a drum that spawns goblins with uh, an iron golem that will crush them all and produce goblin pulp for you yeah exactly, <laughs> exactly. okay so Baron, Urza's friend, is the one who became concerned with Karn. He's like, hey, dude, your kid is like hella depressed, man. Like he's he, all he does is go sit at the front of the ship and just like stare out at nothing all day. Kid like that, you know what I mean? He should be like drawing dicks in notebooks or something like that. It's a good thing you blew up the school because I'd be concerned with him. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah. Hey God, we don't have to worry about that. Are you sure it was are you sure Karn didn't do that? Like <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, no, but he 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 asked Urza, hey man, can you could you do something for Karn? So Urza, seeing that Karn missed his friends, did what any responsible parent would do. It's, it's really like Karn is like a kid that has to move constantly because of his dad's job. Oh, he's you know? like a military kid. And yeah, and so he just like he can't develop those roots, you know. Uh, so Urza, seeing that Karn missed his friends, did what any responsible parent would do. He put a mental cap on Urza's memories, causing him to forget anything from more than 20 years ago. So Karn uh, can now only remember a 20-year span of life. Anything greater than that in either direction is lost to him. Would okay. he forget to ride so a bike, ult- kind of, ultimatum. in that case? Yeah. Okay. So unless, could- unless he rode a bike in the last 20 years. Okay. So you guys... Thousand year life, remember everything, or you can live forever and you can only remember 20 years at a time. Mm, I actually, you know what? It's probably a mercy. If you're, if you're living for a thousand years, it's probably a mercy to not remember 900 years ago when you like fell in love and you know your first friends and everything. Like, it's probably way better. If we're going to say like long, long periods of life, I'm going to say it's way better to do 20 years. So I'm still going, I know we've done this question a few times. I'm still going immortal life. I'm still going. (laughs) I I think you're doing me a favor by giving me the option of saying only a 20 year memory. Yeah, I was going to say I'd take the 20 year blocks as well. Easy. The way way Karn's memory works too is like if if it was me and you, we were both immortal and we both had, or I had a 20 year memory. As long as we saw each other every 20 years, I would remember who you were. Because I saw you within that twenty years or whatever. Right, but like, okay. imagine now your 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 life scales on for a hundred thousand years, and you only remember twenty. Like that that drop in the bucket becomes smaller and smaller and so smaller small. the longer you live. Yeah, so small. Yeah. I mean, a hundred thousand years is a such an incomprehensible. Incompre- and I have this discussion uh, like fairly often because I read a lot of fantasy. And a super common trope in fantasy is like, oh, you know, the king, the, this kingdom has stood for 2000 years or something like that. And it's a super common trope in fantasy of people to say a thousand years when a thousand years is longer than anything. Like a thousand years is longer than anything has lasted except for like the Catholic, except for like religion. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> uh, like no kingdom, no dynasty, no nothing, no war has lasted that long. We're saying like, like Dominaria and Phyrexia were at war for 4000 years. That is a stupid number nothing lasts that long like you know how much technology changes in that much time it just it doesn't make any <laughs> sense but a hundred thousand years that's like yeah. half like 
the the Egyptian civilization, the Babylonian civilization, cradle life was like 10, 12,000 years ago. Yeah. Like it's 10 yeah. times that. Like, it's crazy. Yeah. Evolution. Yeah. Would, I have would to show you. I keep evolving. You wouldn't even keep years. evolving. People would evolve past you. Yeah. But you wouldn't yeah. evolve because you're outside the you're outside the reproductive loop. I have to show you how my dog's sitting because it's not normal. Can you tell which part's her head? Oh, yeah. It's, no, she's right side up. I can That's, see. It's dumb. I can she's see. Weird, she's sideways. She's yeah, rotated yeah. 90 degrees. Somebody rotated that dog 90 degrees. <laughs> she's like sleeping. Because <laughs> like with the camera angle, it's not great. But she's like sleeping almost like like this, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Fully 90 degrees. Fully, Fully 90 degrees, yeah. If, she was, if she was on a wall or if that chair tipped over to the side, she would look just as normal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she's sleeping like she normally does husky ball on the ground but like 90 degrees on the back of a chair so her side is there and she's just perpendicular to the ground anyways so the yes. reason why we asked the 100,000 year question is because Karn could only remember 20 years so there was one thing that Karn never wished to forget and every night he would hold a picture of Joyra and repeat the mantra Joyra is my friend Oh, so that's cute. So we go to bed every single night because he's like, Dad, I miss my friends. And his dad was like, well, I'm going to fucking make you forget your friends. They need a little whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, shut up, Dad. I don't want to forget my friend Joyra. And he just every night he would look at a picture of her and he would say like, uh, Joyra is my friend. Every night, by the way, you two, I go, Ethan is my friend. Peter is my friend. Good night. <laughs> and I fall asleep. Oh shit, dude! Are you are you capable of living a hundred thousand years, but you have a limited twenty year memory? Did you blow up my? No, school? no, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I definitely have a shorter memory than normal. Like I don't remember the beginning of the episode, but I don't live that long. <laughs> uh, so Urza then decided that all the junk he'd collected over the years, kind of including Karn, what he'd call the legacy. And this is what he called himself. So this is why I was saying, like, he's the good, definitely the good guy, but there's definitely yeah. some ego in there because, like, all his inventions, he's like, this is the legacy, not my legacy. This is capital T H E legacy. Okay, like, this is it, the legacy. And nobody decided uh, to tell him. It's like, you know, Urza, you can get rid of these newspapers. They're technically only yeah. good once. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe twice if you count the one that was there on the day you were born, but you were born in year zero. So I don't know if the newspaper was running then. There yeah, is like, no year zero. <laughs> there is in now. this world. In there this is. World, there is. <laughs> Frick. Frick. <laughs> uh, so he's like, I got this assortment of inventions. Uh, I have a son, kind of. He's a robot, but I guess you can kind of call him Invention, my son. Invention, son, haven't really decided yet. Depends on how I'm feeling. Well, yeah, I have. so I have a legacy, and I have a son slash invention. What am I going to do? I'm going to decide that these inventions need a more human component leading them. Like I said earlier, Urza was kind of like a very robotic himself at a, at a lot of points. He became like one of the most powerful planeswalkers alive and swapped out most of his body parts uh for robot parts his right. eyes his right. eyes at some point become the might stone and the weak stone he just like puts them in his eyes and they're like nuclear reactors in his head so he's like you know what then he got that tumor i'm a robot i'm not fit to lead robots uh you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna interfere in human bloodlines to create the perfect hero uh so that's what he does he he takes a brief stint in eugenics oh no he, it's really like good guy with an asterisk at this point. 
but he does produce at least one good person. <laughs> uh, so the culmination of this project is the Capassion bloodline uh, or Capation uh, was put under. It was put under Karn's care. So he's like, I created this perfect bloodline of humans. You look after him, and he like fucks off again. Uh, and yeah, he had, here's my here's my second family. Uh, yeah. Deal with it. Yeah, yeah. Could you could you imagine you got like a deadbeat dad who leaves, starts a second family, and then is like, "No, nah, I'm gonna ditch these guys too." Can you look after him? You be, you're, you're like you're you're kind of your own stepbrother and stepfather to these yeah. people. <laughs> I, I mean, watched that bad. movie. Yeah. <laughs> Porn, Pornhub.com. Pornhub gets. <laughs> oh yeah, exactly. Not anymore. But. Yeah, seventeen bucks so, well spent. Who cares? Karn has purpose once more. He's protecting the Weatherlight's newest decan, Gerard Capation or Capation. Uh, during his stewardship, the Legacy, capital T, the Legacy, uh, and it says it says this like the Legacy was stolen, but it's like how do you steal like a giant airship, every single invention he's created, a living uh, automaton, but the Legacy was stolen, so a good chunk of magic items. Uh, were stolen by one of Gerard's adoptive brothers. It seems Gerard Capation himself was adopted, which makes it like weirder. He's like Karn's adopt, like because Karn was put in charge of him, and I guess his parents died, and then he got adopted by a human family because Karn can't be the head of a family because he's an automaton and whatever. You know, he didn't become bad, like unfit to unfit to parent because you don't have a beating heart and can travel through time or some shit. What? Because you were never a kid and don't understand the difficulties of puberty. You can't be a parent. Come on. That can't be real. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So during his stewardship, uh, the the legacy was stolen. Karn's like, well, you fucking lost the legacy kid. I guess I'll go get it back in the process uh, of fighting with the thief. He would accidentally kill an innocent bystander. Uh, Karn's a wizard. He's not a planeswalker. So he, he can cast magic, but he can't travel the planes, basically. Okay, he's a wizard robot. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so he accidentally kills an innocent bystander while casting his magic. Uh, and something called the touchstone would touch him and freeze him in place in time. Kind of like Teferi, but just not in a bubble, just himself. The bubble is Karn, if you will. Okay. Uh, He's eventually rescued again uh, by the captain of the Weatherlight, Sisse. Uh, he's brought out of stasis with the memory of killing the innocent bystander fresh as his mind. So it's like you're uh, Teferi, but rather than like, oh shit, I'm being attacked and the world is crumbling around me, it's I just killed an innocent person. And you just like snap out of it and you're like, and they're like, hey, things have changed. Like the, the world has moved on or whatever. And you're like, I vividly remember killing someone innocent just a moment ago. Uh, so he was horrified. He took a vow of pacifism, uh, greatly reducing his ability to be a hugely powerful killing machine, which he was pretty good at before the vow of pacifism. So for many years, Karn held true to that vow. He worked instead to improve the weatherlight, sophisticating its systems and bolstering its abilities. He's like, you know what? I'm still a pretty smart robot. I could probably just like make your ship better at killing. Then it's not... Me killing people. <laughs> I it's me enabling guns. people. I yeah, exactly. Use guns. Yeah, Karn becomes the NRA very briefly. Okay, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, no, no. I don't kill people. Okay, the guns I sell kill people. I sure. I technically but... never even held one. If you. Think about it. <laughs> uh, he tef- technically has definitely been a gun though. So he's a <laughs> hobbyist now. 
He's been a gun. Is there a card with him just Transformers like uh, looks like a gun? Oh, like Megatron from <laughs> no. the eighties. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I I wield the power of gun. I cast the gun spell. <laughs> <laughs> he was quite Tap. the wizard in his time. <laughs> Tap one bullet and your civil liberties. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah, because you would need to tap. You need to tap two ane- two amendments to get your second amendment, and then you can cast a gun. <laughs> Guardian Leviosa, uh, M5 full automatic, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, of course, eventually he'd realize uh, the true invasion would come. So, Phyrexia. Oh shit! Invade. That's true. Phyrexia invasion is a thing. It was a set. Uh, it was two sets at least. Uh, when the invasion, capital I, would come, Karn would be conflicted. He'd realize that in order to protect the people he cared about, he'd have to do what is necessary. To do what is necessary, you can't have some, some wussy-ass vow of pacifism in the middle of a war, you know? Take this airship to the nearest school. I've got something it- to take care of. <laughs> he can only blow up inside schools. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, somebody get me to a neutron bomb i got a school to take care of <laughs> uh so he was trying the dog just tried to get up from her like sideways up position and just fell right the fuck over i'm sorry guys i'm talking about it too much it's very entertaining to it's, me it's very cute i just feel like that we can see it but the listeners at home can't yeah. see it dog fell over very cute oh, imagine for listeners cute at home for listeners at home dog fell over very cute <laughs> <laughs> uh so so he's kind of like he's conflicted he's like oh if phyrexia is invading i want to fight but i took a vow of pacifism and he's like standing there and he's like there's one of like the main figures from the phyrexian invasion is standing there facing him and he's like oh i could kill you but i'm not gonna do it blah 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 uh he's just standing there getting wailed on but he's made out of pure silver so it's not so easy to wail on him and eventually (laughs) someone just like hits him in the head with like a pickaxe uh and so before he can come to grips with the mental, the moral conundrum, uh, he takes a whack to the Chrome Dome, uh, which would undo the memory limit that Urza had placed on him. <gasps> it was a so, werewolf tip spear. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing capable of being pure silver. <laughs> Gets through his defenses and just like implants memories of being a werewolf and then also his old real memories in his brain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So memories of fighting alongside Jorah and Teferi against the Phyrexians the first time, which, like, again, he's the only one who remembers the first time that Phyrexia invaded, which, when I say first, it's not really first because it never really happened. Yeah, because he's, he's the only one who did the full loop. Basically. He's the only one who broke the yeah. time stream. So he's the only one who's seen the might of Phyrexia invading before Phyrexia invaded this time. Uh, so it breaks the limiter. He remembers that. And he's like, oh, no, wait. To kill these guys, you have to hit them. Uh, and then he's like, just hits the guy like four times, like, bah, 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 bah. and like, I think Gerard, Gerard or Gerard is there as well. Uh, Gerard Capetian, the subject of Urza's eugenics program, is the main character in the Weatherlight novel series. Okay. Uh, which like details all this in, in book form, I guess. The stories are from Wizards of the Coast. They're fr- they come with the card sets or whatever, but Wizards of the Coast used to publish books uh, with each release. So they'd get writers like R.A. Salvatore, who writes Dritz Duerden, which is a very famous series, does does the same thing for or did the same thing for a long time for Dungeons and Dragons. 
which is also okay, in my yeah. Wizards of the Coast. To like, just contextualize like, some of the characters or whatever. Yeah, it would just be like a notable story in the setting. So then to you read lore. the book. Yeah, exactly. For add lore, which yeah. we might be a fan of here, huh? I'm going to invest uh, in three guys, and don't worry. It'll all pay off. Send it'll all work out in the end. <laughs> don't Send do it. money, because I'm out of money. Don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> so Khan gets his memory back. He realizes, okay, Phyrexian horrors are not people, so I can kill them. No problem. Uh, despite the willingness to... Uh, so he, he ends up fighting back. He ends up killing that, that main figure in the invasion, but it's still not his main role. He's still like much more passive than he was before. Uh, he continues to work on the weatherlight primarily. That's like his main function is like weatherlight technician and upgrade specialist. Okay. He eventually advances it so much that it develops its own consciousness. So the weatherlight, the ship that they've been flying on all these years, becomes a machine, a construct, just like Karn. He created a soul to mirror his mirror body. To his joy, and despite the dire circumstances, does he marry Karn? It? Karn had finally found someone who could understand him completely. But like himself. most happy, but like most happy things in Karn's life, wasn't meant to be. Oh no! The weatherlight itself would be destroyed in one of the final battles against Yogmoth, marking one more tra- tragedy, which would befall him. Oh. So the weatherlight was like, I got Yog. I I know I've only been a ship for two days now, but I got Yogmoth, the most powerful evil sorcerer in existence, and just like flew at him, tried to kill him, tried to kamikaze him. Uh, and it didn't work. But Karn has to watch another one of his friends die. Even though he's watched his two best friends die twice now. And they're yeah. still his two best friends and alive. So starts to fuck with a guy after after a certain amount of time, right? Yeah, especially because his dad doesn't want to talk to him and then he had to like sire or take care of his adoptive step family and shit. It's just like <laughs> At least he got a puppy, right? In Ethan's metaphor. At least he got yeah. a puppy. No, he is the puppy in Ethan's metaphor. Teferi was actually the the kid who got the puppy. Oh, sorry. Because he got to name it Artie Shovelface. (laughs) (laughs) So it wasn't even like Urza wasn't even being a good enough father to To say like, I got you a puppy. He was like, I gave you to another child as a puppy and he gets to name you now. (laughs) (laughs) Really, if we're going to get into the nitty gritty, that's kind of where the metaphor ended up. Well, (laughs) I have a better understanding of it now and how much more his life sucks. So yeah. (laughs) (laughs) At least he had a puppy. Maybe the puppy would lie 90 degrees sideways on the wall someday and we could all enjoy it. He's so fucking cute. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So... Karn's in a battle with Phyrexia, a battle that he's lived before, and he watched his two best friends die in before. His two best friends are not with him. They're off on the mana rig somewhere fighting. They have their own story that that happens over there. Uh, Spoiler alert, they succeed. But Karn doesn't know that. He's desperate. He just watched uh, the love of his life, an airship, fly to her death. (laughs) Kill herself. <laughs> trying to stop. I, I, I thought I saw that TLC documentary. I just want you to know that I'm in love with the airship. And <laughs> things have gotten sexual. <laughs> just like and just like now you're like now you now you sympathize with the father and you who's just Yeah, like, oh, exactly. God, you know, you're like, 
picture the bridge of his nose. You're just like, well, okay, that is that would be hard. To, that would be hard to relate to when you're a kid, you know? <laughs> yeah, but if you didn't spend so much time in the whiskey room, maybe you wouldn't have grown sexually attractive maybe, to you. Maybe they wouldn't have developed that relationship. Yeah, you know? exactly. yeah. <laughs> I think Karn needs therapy more than anything. Oh uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Karn doesn't need friends who live. Karn needs yeah. therapy. Karn, yeah. more like Carnival, like crazy out Car- there. Carnival yeah. cruise airship. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, so uh, they're, they're battling Yogmoth. That's where the Weatherlight dies. Uh, it's the, the climactic battle of the Phyrexian invasion. Karn, out of people to go to, goes to Urzan and Gerard, uh, the person he was, Gerard. I've, I've switched back and forth between those names, but assume they're, they're doing the same thing. Jared. Jared. Uh, <laughs> Jared, for, it's, he, he reunites with Urza, the absentee father, and Jared from Subway, the... I'll let you fill in the blanks. Uh, uh, <laughs> so they realize the situation is dire. Gerard, what, what do you what do you do? You know, you you look at Ursa. You say you're ninety nine percent mechanical at this point. You offer him a six inch for five dollars. Yeah, whatever it is. <laughs> so it's a foot long. It's a twelve inch, my guy. Oh, okay. Sorry, five dollar yeah. yeah, five dollar footlong. Cut myself short. Yeah, <laughs> you give him a well, bad deal. Jared only offered me six inches. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Gerard takes Urza's eyes, the Mightstone and the Weakstone, places them inside of Karn, who's notoriously good at building bombs. Uh, Karn unleashes a devastating blast of white energy destroying Yogmoth and the entirety of the Phyrexian invasion. Okay, so good. He, he, he puts an end to it. He explodes in whiteness and <laughs> kills every Phyrexian and Yogmoth. He's he's collected so many mana cards in his like backpack that he just like turned the backpack to tap yeah. them and he's on, he's on like 13 he's on 13 lands at this point, man. This is end game. This is like he is he, he just taps them all. He's like whatever, I cast anything. Yeah. Uh the two humans, Urza and Gerard, are also killed in the explosion. So that's Urza's death, 4,205, something like that. Oh, okay. Uh, but Karn was transformed, becoming the first and so far only con- artificial planeswalker. So he's the only construct mm. that has oh, ever become a planeswalker. He finally hit the fucking trauma cap and, and, yeah, and activated his That was his, his trauma spark. cap. Okay, it, it's clearly higher for constructs because yeah. he literally had to go through a lot to get there. But abuse your robots, kids. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so it, when he was first printed, he was a golem, but he's a planeswalker now. Cool. Like I said, uh, he interacts with the Gatewatch, who is like Gideon Jura, Jace Bellerin, Liliana Voss, um, Chandra, Chandra, and people uh, we've talked about before. Exactly, like people, people from the Gatewatch that people know that, like Wizards of the Coast, did a, has been doing a whole run of get the Gatewatch characters. They're the ones who fight Nicol Bolas. Yeah. Whereas this is kind of the Dominaria era where people are fighting Yogmoth. Uh, so it'll eventually switch to Bolas being like the main villain, I guess. Uh, and Karn, the the latest set, War of the Spark, or not the latest set, but the latest set featuring Karn is War of the Spark, and. Uh, uh, he he's a planeswalker in there, and he interacts with the Gatewatch more. Okay, cool. But back on Dominaria, after the dust had settled, Karn feel, felt like he needed to get out. Uh, his new babe with the rocking body of a skyship had been destroyed. Uh, he killed his father. Can I put in the exhaust tonight, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Opposed to where? Like the trunk? I don't hey. know. Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah, wait, birthday. okay, wait, on, on a car, which is the butthole? The exhaust or the trunk? <laughs> <laughs> what, Jamie got to ask a phil- philosophical question? I don't get to ask a philosophical question? I'll just put it out to Twitter. The wheels yeah. are turning in my head right now. Yeah, what? which is it? <laughs> um, exhaust? You don't, like, if you're making the exact, like, comparison to human... Uh, the trunk would be like a backpack or like somewhere where you could carry things and the exhaust is where you're shooting at your waist and that's your butthole so it's got to be the exhaust you shoot I'm, waste I'm exactly anyway you, sh- yeah. you do shoot waste out of a vagina as well and that's urine girls like, pee from their butts this has been one to one so are you calling a vagina a trunk like what is your argument my argument is there's it's not so so clear cut and dry like it's not if such an has, obvious answer as you seem to report if someone has junk in their trunk that means they have a big butt. They that doesn't think. mean they have a big butt. Well, I, I'm gonna I, have to hit the buck. I do think I do think I would I, I I lean towards your definition, James, where the trunk is the vagina and the exhaust is the butthole. Not I, that's not my, that's your definition. I only define the trunk as the butthole. No, you said exhaust is the butthole. Yeah, that's what I meant. Well, that's what I said. I was agreeing with you. I was trying to agree with you. <laughs> I, didn't, I wanted to disagree with the vagina part. Jamie went saying. back in time, no, I, came back to, yeah, to, present, oh, to yes. disagree with himself. Jamie's the, only one, Jamie's the only one who remembers the Phyrexian invasion of the butthole. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, let me wrap this up. I got one paragraph left. Okay. Please do, yeah, please. <laughs> get me out of here. So, Karn feels like he needs to get out, okay? He watched his girlfriend die. He watched his dad die. He's he's not sure that his uh, best friends are still alive, although he Time could probably re- watch them die with of. them. But he's still kind of depressed. You know, he's got all his memories back now, and he's just as depressed as he was before. He's still pretty depressed. So he, he leaves. He finds his own plane, which he decides to call to call Argentum, the plane of mathematical perfection. We have talked about. You've mentioned this before. I've heard. Yeah. I remember that word. Yeah. Yeah, you remember that word, but you don't remember the context. No. So he goes to another plane. Obviously, he still cares about Dominaria. So he's like, well, I'm leaving, but I want to make sure it's still safe. Like, we defeated Yawgmoth, we defeated Phyrexia, but we're never sure that they're ever truly gone. So he creates probes so that he sends back to Dominaria to live in Dominaria and monitor the situation. One of which breaks, becomes corrupted, and becomes a much sought-after artifact known as the Mirari. Oh, yes! <gasps> Mirari! So the end of our four-part Mirari was talking about how Jessica goes to Argentum, meets somebody who calls himself Lord Mocked, who turns out to be Karn, who created the Mirari as a probe sent to monitor Dominaria. Right. Holy wow. shit, yeah. So that's kind of tying together. The werewolf tipped pickaxe and brought all my memories back. <laughs> yeah. God damn. <laughs> he sent the free Google home and God damn did everyone want to pick it up and let them know what was going on at home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that, that kind of ties together the, the brothers war arc, which was our first arc. And then the uh, Jessica arc, which was our third arc of the magic, Ga- magic, the gathering arcs that we've done. We did yeah, super friends in the middle there. Awesome. That was a good job, Ethan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tied it, it all good. together. It was good fun. Uh, if you guys like the episode, do let us know. Uh, I'm available on Twitter at Ethan the Deadman. We have a Discord. It's somewhere at loreboys.com or probably in the description of the episode somewhere. Or usually, uh, go to loreboys.com and in the about section, you can find it. If you're looking for a definite way to find it, loreboys.com about is there, right? Yeah. Or okay. uh, or just like go on D2, look for a, a US East server called Loreboys, and ask me because that's happened to me. 
uh, so far. Somebody at somebody somebody came into my room called Lore Boys and was like, "Hey, dude, do you like do you like Diablo Two Lore?" I was like, "I sure do." And he was like, "Cool, I got a Facebook page dedicated entirely to Diablo Two Lore." It was uh, the Biblioteca of Blizzard, uh, so I'll give him a shout out because they do all Blizzard lore, but he specifically was in charge of the Diablo lore. So he hopped oh, in my okay. Diablo Two game, uh, plugged himself. So I I plugged myself back to him. Uh, so I'm that's a good way that you can find the Discord if you really want. To. Yeah, if you're want if you're playing Diablo two on the US East servers, check out Lore Boys when you're trying to join a game, or join I'm Gay. I like to yeah. make it that because people have to type it to join me, yeah. and, uh, <laughs> and I can also make people uncomfortable by asking them questions when we're in game because I'm completely comfortable with my own sexuality, but a lot of people aren't. So it's fun to mess with them, that especially way. gamers, yeah. Yeah, especially especially <laughs> gamers because they got a lot of fucking rising left to do. Let me tell you. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, so lore boys, Borloys, or I'm I'm gay, and we use Borloys when lore boys because if you create a server and you need to remake. Uh, it'll say like Lore Boys is already a server, so we make yeah. it Lore Boys. Play D two oh, with us, so hardcore characters. You can only join us if you're hardcore. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Peter, where can we find you on the internet? At Pete O'Donohue on Twitter and at Lore Boys Podcast on Instagram and theloreboys.com. And uh, I guess uh, old uh, Jambo, you want to plug yourself here before we plug ourselves? Twitch.com dot slash TV. <laughs> okay, never mind. Yeah, okay, well, I it was my mistake. James just really. had a Passing stroke on air. <laughs> <laughs> okay, go ahead. Beat your turn. Uh, yeah. oh, mine again. Um, oh yeah, we're, some... we're going. We're, we're going full circle. Or we're going like one way and then back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're doing a round robin. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we've gotten a couple of people who have messaged us uh, in regards to this, um, and then just today, like an hour before recording um somebody messaged us on instagram asking about lore boys merch um at this time there is no official cashola um unless you want to go to our patreon uh, patreon.com slash the lore boys but um i'm gonna be setting up in the near future on the loreboys.com a merch a make your own merch page for um just with transparent pngs so if you have a way to put it on a shirt or a mug or whatever download it do whatever you want with it. There's going to be logos and thumbnail art and corn and check on Texas, all the all that shit that we've mentioned in the past. <laughs> it's, it's, all, it's all going to be there. Um, and then maybe after the epidemic, uh, we're going to look into some way to actually sell it to people. But for the moment, uh, first things first is basically an arts and crafts section. Um, your own fruit roll-up of the Lore Boys where you can punch yep. out the shape of the thing that you want. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta send that to me so I can upload it into Animal Crossing. So then I can put out the code for Animal Crossing lore boy stuff. I just realized that that's a real thing we could do, and uh, we should. Okay, that. yeah. Explain that, that, that to me in detail afterwards. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I, Pete. I'm. I have half a mind to pay you to uh to produce a two things check in or don't mess with texas the uh, check in on texas shirt <laughs> because pistols. you've been you've been saying it for a while and it hasn't happened yet and i'm like i just want to pay and make it happen because uh, <laughs> i might i might wear a shirt that says that um so this episode was brought to you by the lore boys but it was also brought to you by triple the cheese on discord and patreon uh he requested we do more magic gathering lore pick up on the mirari uh i didn't keep going on the mirari who turns into a creature called the memnarch uh, I kind of wanted to get there, but I wanted to lay the base work for Karn. So maybe someday we'll do that. But Karn's name backward is Nark. Is that rela- Is that 
It's Next Narak, time. but pretty close. Oh, uh, Frick. <laughs> Frick backwards is Narc. I mean, yeah, yeah. Frick backwards is Frick. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so Triple the Cheese, thank you so much for your support. Um, anybody else who wants to uh, give us a suggestion, Discord is definitely the best way to do it, but we also take emails. Uh, so loreboyspodcast at gmail.com or contact at loreboys.com. Either of those will, will get through to us. Uh, and thank you guys for listening. It means the world to us. Anybody who wants to support us, patreon.com slash the lore boys is the, uh, the CAD or USD or EUR way to do it. Uh, if you don't trust them and you want lore boys bucks, there's only one way to get lore boys bucks. Uh, and that's lore boys prime. Oh, yeah. uh, of course <laughs> you'll get lore boys bucks, but you will be contractually obligated to give those lore boys bucks right back to us because or write all our future episodes. Yeah, or either or, or become a lore boy yourself. There's yes. no way to tell, you know? Uh, so, <laughs> so in preparation for having you guys become lore boys yourselves, or girls, lore folk, uh, although once you, once you take the werewolf tipped pickaxe to the brain, uh, you do become a lore boy, whether or not, wh- however you identify, you do become a lore boy, you know? It's not a, lore boy isn't a gender, it's a way of life. Uh, <laughs> So we're offering uh, werewolf tip pickaxes uh, to all our listeners. Uh, you, you can use it to uh, restore memories to your uh, artificial constructs, or you can it, use it to turn into a lore boy. It's however you, you best feel to use it. You uh, can also we, just use it like a normal pickaxe and hit rocks. That is true. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it will turn the pickaxes into uh, dumb guys who want to start a podcast, though. So yes, yes. you know, keep that in mind before you go swinging it away in a mine shaft. Uh, and we want to hear from you guys. So send us uh, 32 uh, 29 a month, and we will send you guys a lore, uh, werewolf tip pickaxe. And we want to see the most top five creative uses for the werewolf tip pickaxe. We gave you guys two already. We want to see more creative than that. Maybe you uh, can develop into a boomerang or something creative. You know? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, really, that's really what we want to say. We want to get feedback from you guys. You can post it in the Discord. We'll put it on our YouTube channel. Do something with your werewolf tip pickaxe. And uh, I guess for now, at least, that, that would constitute a lore, lore boys. Out. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 